Apparently, I didn't make hamburgers and hot dogs this morning. So that's the way to get everybody here, especially on a Sunday evening with the you know, nice evening and all that. So just kidding. Um, it, was, it was actually a really good evening. Lord blessed us with a beautiful evening and good food and fellowship. Hopefully everyone had a good time. I know I did, even though I had smoke, you know, tore my eyes up from, from grilling. But uh, it, was, it was fun. Hopefully everyone enjoyed it. Um, I believe Tyler hit pretty much all of the announcements. Does anybody have a special song this morning? No? Okay. Uh, if you got your Bible, turn over to Acts chapter 2. We'll read a few verses there. <clears throat> Here in a little bit. So last week we started looking kind of back to the basics of of church membership, how our our purpose according to our constitution was to glorify God. And there were several several ways of doing that as a church. The first one was worship, exalting the name of Jesus. The second was in our our ministry and serving. The third was evangelism, you know, spreading the, the gospel, spreading the, the word of you know, Jesus, you know, life, death, and resurrection, uh, baptizing committed, committed members, and discipleship, you know, developing mature Christians. And we talked about our, our mission statement back on the board back there. Can you guys say it without looking? Loving God, living Jesus, learning to serve. Good, good. Perfect. So we looked at the the importance of being a a committed, engaged member, a a functional church member, how Christ is the head of it all, and we all are part of the body. We all have a part, and we we even used kind of the reference of the pinky toe, which I don't want to go into detail there, but all of us are important. All of us have a job in the church. None are more important than others. Someone cleaning the church isn't more important than someone singing or, or what have you. So we, we all have a, a part of the body. Again, ask Rachel about her pinky toe later. Um, she'd kill me if I, she knew I said that. Uh, s- several key points about church membership is you serve without hesitation. You give abundantly. Uh, pray for each other, especially, like I said, pray for us leaders. And especially me, just take five minutes a day and lift up prayers for me. I appreciate it. And everything that we do as a church, we do it in love. That was that was the really big one there. So this morning, we actually want to dive into the church covenant a little. Um, That promise that we that we make when we join this church. Um, And, you know, there's this really pretty picture over here on the wall. I think we kind of neglect it from time to time. But there's some really good stuff in there. It's really, really important. So hopefully everyone has their card with them this morning. If not, there's some back there in the back. And also keep your, keep your Bible handy too because we'll, we'll be going through a few different verses. But you might ask, why preach on the covenant? Why preach on the covenant? It's important. 
It's really important as a church member living by that covenant. There, there's, there's a lot to it. That's a, that's a really good question. But the, the big word that we want to focus on this morning is commitment. Commitment. So as we go through this, keep that in the back of your, your mind. And think about commitment these days. In our culture, there's really not too many people that commit to anything anymore. I mean, look out there. It's all you, Marriages are a wreck. You can't get anybody to work. Commitments. Like, people don't keep their word anymore, do they? That's, again, that's why it's so important for us to talk about this stuff. It's, it's important. And it's, it's, it's an important, you know, it's an important aspect of our relationship with God and each other. Some other words that, that you might want to think about as we go through this. Dedication, faithfulness, a big one, accountability, like allegiance. You know, some of those may also come to mind. So let's, let's read a few verses in Acts, and then we'll also read the covenant, and we'll, we'll just follow the Lord for a little bit here. So David, I think, touched on this several weeks back when he was talking about the first church. That's really jumped out to me. Um, starting at the 42nd verse. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. That, that's important right there. All who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending to the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were saved. And we talked a little bit this morning in Sunday school about how, like, if those first believers really didn't act the way they did and, and do the things they, they did to, to, prom, to promote the gospel, we honestly probably wouldn't be sitting here today. Think about that. If they didn't really advance, which we'll get into some of that later, that, that gospel of Jesus Christ as they were supposed to, as Jesus commanded them, do you agree? We probably wouldn't be sitting here today. So it's, it's important. So let's read, we'll read the church covenant here, if I can see it. Having been led, as we believe, by the Spirit of God to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, and on the profession of our faith, having been baptized in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. We do now, in the presence of God in this assembly, most solemnly and joyfully enter into covenant with one another as one body in Christ. We engage, therefore, by the aid of the Holy Spirit to walk together in Christian love, to strive for the advancement of this church in knowledge, holiness, and comfort, to promote its prosperity and spirituality, to sustain its worship, ordinances, discipline, and doctrines, to contribute cheerfully and regularly to the support of the ministry, the expenses of the church, the relief of the poor, and the spread of the gospel through all nations. We also engage to maintain family and secret devotions, to religiously educate our children, to seek the salvation of our kindred and acquaintances, to walk circumspectly in the world, 
to be just in our dealings, faithful in our engagements, exemplary in our deportment, and to be zealous in our efforts to advance the kingdom of our Savior. We further engage to watch over one another in brotherly love, to remember one another in prayer, to aid one another in sickness and distress, to cultivate Christian sympathy in feeling and Christian courtesy in speech, to be slow to take offense but always ready for reconciliation and mindful of the rules of our Savior to secure it without delay. We moreover engage that when we remove from this place, we will as soon as possible unite with some other church where we can carry out the spirit of the covenant and the principles of God's word. So a little bit of a background from what I could tell. Uh, this, even though we've, it's been modified you know, several times, even we've modified it a little, it was written in the mid-1800s by J. Newton Brown. And we find it in our Pendleton's Manual. I think some of you may have that Pendleton's Manual. I think it was 1853. Does that sound right? Now, this is not God's Word. This is not divinely inspired. But all of this is backed up in Scripture. That's why it's important. So keep that in mind. So what is a covenant? Anybody have any thoughts? What is a covenant? Promise. A promise? Anybody else? I mean, you said the same thing. Didn't you? Promise? Pack. I've got some definitions here, of course. Anybody else? You guys aren't used to talking, are you? Huh. Got to get them talking, Tony. Yeah. All right. So a covenant, I've just got several different definitions here. A serious mutual agreement or promise between persons or partners. A solemn promise to engage in or refrain from a specified action. It is an agreement entered into for the purpose of informing the covenanting parties of the duties, obligations, and responsibilities of each party to the other. So then, you know, referring to the church, it's a solemn agreement between members of a church that they will work together according to the precepts of the gospel in brotherly affection. Kind of going back to that scripture there in in Acts. It talked about working together. A church covenant is a pledge made to God, the church body and oneself. It is based upon the congregation's faith and acceptance of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I guess the way I see it is, again, going back to that word commitment, It's a commitment to God and every single one of us in this church. That's really what it comes down to. And how how we are supposed to act as fellow Christians towards each other and towards God. you agree? All right. So let's, uh, we'll kind of start in that first paragraph there. See how far we get this morning. Again, we'll we'll just read through this a little. Having been led as we believe by the Spirit of God to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, and on the profession of our faith, having been baptized in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, we do now, in the presence of God in this assembly, most solemnly and joyfully enter into covenant with one another as one body in Christ. So again, it comes back to that relationship. That relationship with Christ, which is the most important thing you will ever find. That, that relationship with Him. Salvation. That's really a prerequisite to the covenant. is salvation and baptism. And we also have the Lord's Supper. 
Now, I want to make it clear, when we stand back here and I baptize you, that does not save you. There's nothing magical about that water. It's spring-filled water. Nothing magical about it. Actually, it might not be, I don't know, well water. But there, there's nothing magical. So you always hear people talking about, well, I need to get baptized. What you really need is salvation. That's what you really need. That's what's important. Then, God, Jesus commanded us to be baptized into the church. There, there's a difference. That saving grace in Christ alone that we've talked about so many times. Like I said, that is the most important. Is being saved. And if you're here this morning and you don't know that, He could be calling out to you right now to salvation. Right now. Don't let it pass by. But as, as we've said so many times, when we do the baptism, that's all symbolic. It's all symbolic of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. That's what's happened in you. That's, that's what that Holy Spirit inside of you has changed. You're a new person. Not because of the water, but because of what Jesus has done inside you. What is it all? The outward expression of the inward change? Is that kind of the... I've heard that so many times. But it identifies us with Christ. It shows the world who we are committed to. And like I've said so many times, and Tony and John have too, when you are a child of God, your life should be different. Your life should be different. You should be committed to Him. It also gets into, again, where it talks about there, the most solemnly and joyfully enter into covenant with one another as one body in Christ. There's that one body in Christ again. That must be pretty important, that we're one body in Christ. Everybody has their role, or should have a role, whether it's just praying, whether it's giving, whether it's serving, whether it's helping, whether it's serving a dinner, whether it's helping to reach out. I truly believe that there's people here this morning that have been called to preach. That have been called to teach. What are you waiting on? It's a scary thing. I mean, some of you guys may not know this, but Brother Tyler's going to be stepping down as superintendent. We're going to need a replacement. He's done an awesome job. You can't tell me there's people here that have not been called by God. Follow it. Obey it. It's a scary thing. I, I've told you so many times, I feel like I'm terrible up here. But what He has blessed me with for obeying Him, if I don't see anything else, see a couple people say it's worth it all. It's worth it all. And then thinking about my grandkids one of these days, accepting the Lord, it is worth it all. Amen. Seeing that change of life that we don't deserve at all, it's, it's worth it all. 
In fact, there's a song called It's Worth It All. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now I can't see. But it's a, it's a promise, like I said, to God and each other. What we believe and how we're going to act as Christians. How we're going to act as members of this church to each other. Now, in a family, don't you get on each other's nerves sometimes? Kids, to be honest. Yep. Why you shaking her head? Yep. <laughs> That's the same way it is here. We're going to get upset. We're going to get hurt. I mean, I don't think intention, you know, people have intentions to hurt anyone. Well, Joe didn't shake my hand last Sunday. I'm not going to talk to him ever again. Come on. But we've heard that stuff. I didn't like what Brother David teached on. I'm never going to Sunday night service again. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Isn't that sad? But it happens. But if you're doing this and following God, there's a, there's a big piece in that next paragraph that I really want to hit on. It talks about by the aid of the Holy Spirit to walk together in Christian love. That's big. That's really a big piece. Because even though we're saved, we still have this human nature that's sinful. And we still do stupid stuff, don't we? We still say stupid stuff. We still do stupid stuff. By the aid of the Holy Spirit. But it also talks there about most solemnly and joyfully entering into covenant. That word solemnly. That tells me it's a pretty serious thing. And again, like I said, not that we've never talked about it or read it together or whatever. It's up here on the wall. I just don't think we ever really talk about it, do we? It's important. It's an important piece. Kind of like church membership last week. It's an important piece of all of this. Of taking this message of Jesus Christ that He saved all of us and taking it out to a world that absolutely needs to hear about it. And it's not about cramming it down their throats. You shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't say this, you shouldn't say that. How about Jesus loved you? He came and He died for you. Same way He did me. When I was a nine-year-old little fat boy. But it's serious. It's a serious thing. And it should not be taken lightly. I mean, think of like marriage vows. Engagements. They're serious things. I mean, like Sarah right now, she just got engaged. Absolutely awesome. That's a serious thing. There's a commitment there. Hannah and Ryan, same thing. There's a commitment there. We should be committing to Jesus and doing all this. This is best as we can. And I know this is probably not your typical sermon. But I'm not your typical preacher either. God really, He puts this stuff on people's hearts. And again, this is just a piece of paper. It's not God's Word. But it is important that we as a church abide by this stuff. It's important. There's another big word. Unity. Isn't it awesome when you see Christians putting God first 
And working together to accomplish something. Isn't that awesome? There's no stopping that. There's no stopping that. It's about unity. Going back again to that one body in Christ. Now as you go back to this. As as you'll see as we go through this for a few weeks here. Each area starts with we engage. There's we engage, we also engage, we further engage, we moreover engage. That word engage, it's action. It's a verb. It's doing something. It's promising that you're going to do something. It's promising that you're going to act a certain way. We've got to be real careful sometimes. And again, we're going to mess up. We need that aid of the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us. Has anybody ever put something on Facebook that it was like, why did I do that? I have. Come on, you bunch of liars. <laughs> Come on. Or who's just in the heat of the moment, you've said something like that you shouldn't have. Every single one of us. Every single one of us. But it's, it's a promise to engage or pledge. Like I said, it's, it's like being engaged or being married. I really like that word therefore there. We engage therefore. It's referring back to that first paragraph. We engage because of who Jesus is and what he has done in our life and what he has done in his church. We are to engage and promise all the rest of that because of our salvation that profession of faith and baptism we promise the first part there to walk together in Christian love and we could probably stop right there honestly to walk together in Christian love I think that probably covers the rest of it you think? If we really got down to it, you could stop at that sentence. To engage. To walk together in Christian love. Now, why? Why are we to walk together in Christian love? You guys can answer. You guys still don't know that, do you? You still don't get that. It's okay. So there, there's a couple of different scripture, scripture references I want to read here. This first one is just great. John chapter 13, 34 and 35. This is really what it all comes down to. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, All people will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. We talked a little bit about it at at Bible study this week. Why do we as Christians treat people so bad sometimes? You know, the the whole lunch crowd thing on Sunday, that is a true thing. People don't want Christians to come to their restaurant. The, The waitresses, the waiters. They get the worst tips, the worst service. Why do we do that? Why do we do that? Isn't that what we talked about, Tammy? Why do we do that? 
Because Jesus loved us. We should be able to take that and love everyone else, regardless. Why is it that Christian people sometimes can be so nasty? Has anybody ever experienced that? Probably every single one of us, probably sitting right here. Again, that's why it's so important to talk about this kind of stuff. Because there's a way we are supposed to act. We are supposed to be different. And again, it all starts with salvation. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. Very similar. By this we know that He laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his... Uh, I, I was supposed to stop there, sorry. <laughs> By the, I was getting ahead of myself. By this we know that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Yeah, we, we talked a little bit this morning in Sunday school about how, honestly, we really take this church Christian thing for granted. Don't we? What was the saying, Ryan? Hard what? Come on. He's slacking. But we, we really take a lot of this for granted. Has anybody ever read the book Persecuted for Christ? There's still people today because of proclaiming Christianity that are still being persecuted. Now, ask yourself, if that was us, how do you think we would react? Would we just pack up and run away and hide? Or would we actually stand up for Jesus like they are? Think about that. Seriously. Think about it. Romans chapter 5 verse 8. Love that verse too. But God shows His love for us and that while we were, while we were still sinners... Christ died for us. Those are awesome. But again, how can you do that as a church when there's so many differences? There's so many, there's times where we're going to disagree on things. We have to do it all in the love of Christ. There's a way to handle it. And some people get so upset and let their emotions get the best of them and then run out the door. I think Tony's actually said this before. There's not a perfect church. There's not. Now, I feel like our church is perfect. But I know it's not. There's, there's, we're all sinners. So I don't know what people think. Well, that, they get mad at this church, they're going to run to that church. Then they're going to run I don't think it's supposed to be that way. Again, this is a commitment to this church. Yes? No? This is a commitment. Commitment. And because Jesus, going back to those verses, willingly came and bled and died for me, I should be able to show love to anyone. Shouldn't I? We, as this church, should be able to show love to anyone. Amen. Because 
of what he did for us. I really like this verse. Romans 5 verse 5. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has given to us. That love of Jesus should be gushing out because of what he did for us. It should be gushing out. That's what that word is referring back to. Flowing, gushing. Because the Holy Spirit's inside of us. Isn't it weird to think about that? That Jesus lives within us. But if you're saved, that's exactly what it is. That Holy Spirit is living inside you. And we are to be different. One more, one more verse. John chapter 15, verse 12. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Again, it's not an option. It is a command for us to love each other. It's a command. Not a choice. It's not a choice to say, well, I really don't like Sandy. She kind of gets on my nerves. It's not a choice. Sandy, you might get on my nerves, but I love you. Family, you might get on my nerves, but I love you. I probably get on your nerves. Like, who's this sorry preacher up here? But you love me. And I love you. Do you really think that we can show that kind of love of our own? I would fail every time. That's why it's so important when you get married that God's in the center. Because as soon as you try to go your separate way and do your thing, it causes a problem. Same thing in the church. God's got to be the center. And we're the body. Doing everything else. But again, if one member is not doing what they're supposed to be doing, it affects the whole body. Do you think, like, just an example, if me and Tony were mad at each other, I'm not mad at you, Tony. I love you too. (laughs) Wouldn't you all be able to tell that something wasn't right? Like, you see where I'm going? Like, it's not rocket science. I'm mad at Ryan, or Robbie's mad at Rachel, or everybody sees that. And then you take it out there, and they're like, they're no different than we are. Is that right? We have to be different. We have to show the love of Jesus, especially to our brothers and sisters. That's a big part of this covenant. That's why it's first. That's why it's first in that. It's so important. 
And if we can't do that, like I said, that, that, we can stop right there. If we can't do that piece, we can't do any of the rest. We can't do any of the rest. If I can't love all of you, I can't strive for the advancement of this church. I can't do anything else. Because it's all going to affect it. It's all going to affect it. We promise to walk together in Christian love. It says here, we engage therefore. We promise therefore because of everything that Jesus has done by the aid of the Holy Spirit to walk together in Christian love. So, what I really would like to ask this week, as you're praying, as you're studying, as you're meditating on God's Word, ask yourself that question. Are you loving your brothers and sisters like this covenant says you are supposed to? Don't you think that's an important question to ask? Because again, it all starts there. If we can't love each other in here, how are we ever going to love anyone out there? Yes, no, maybe so? You guys are really quiet this morning. Just because you're preaching the covenant. <laughs> Am I loving my brothers and sisters in Christ the way that I'm supposed to according to the covenant that we all agreed upon? That's a very important question to ask yourself. And if you're not, why? Why not? Why not? Now it's hard sometimes, I'm sure, especially in bigger churches. You know, there's certain people you probably don't get to talk too much. You know, that's that's one of the things I think our church struggles with a little bit, is like when we do have things like cookouts or whatever, you kind of see like families all together, which probably isn't uncommon. Let's start working together, all of us. Let's start talking to each other, all of us. Let's start praying together, all of us. Let's lift up Jesus Christ's name to this world. Let's stop taking church for granted. How many people read their Sunday school lesson this week? Amanda, she raised her hand. <laughs> Those things are important. Your teacher's working to have a good Sunday school class. Read your lessons. Pray. Pray for our kids. You know. Not that I think the world is more wicked today than it was however many years ago. But what Sarah said about Anthony and his friend, that breaks my heart. It all starts here. Mm-hmm. It all starts with a relationship with Christ. Teach your kids. Mm-hmm. Pray with your kids. Even say the little goofy prayer at the dinner table. It means a lot. We'll get into more of that later. Let's stop playing church and let's start being the church. Let's stop taking it for granted.
And again, it starts with love. It starts with loving each other. Well, actually, it starts with a relationship with Christ. And if you don't have that this morning, don't walk through those doors without it. Because we are not promised tomorrow. None of us are promised tomorrow. It's crazy to, to think back. When I was nine years old, accepting the call of Jesus, but not really understanding things until I was probably in the 20s. But I knew something was wrong. Does that make sense? Like, I knew there was something wrong. There was some void that I couldn't do. And I've not always done the right things, as I've told you. I've done some bad things. But God's always been there. He's always not let me go too far. And it all started, I came back. I was hiding in Patty's Sunday school class for years with Rachel, but she was like 12 in there. <laughs> you think I'm kidding? I had Brother Carl Taylor come up to me one day. He said, hey, we got a, a Sunday night class. I think you'd be good at teaching them. What Carl didn't know is God was already working on me to teach. It has been one thing after another. Teens, I absolutely love you. And just because I'm pastor doesn't mean I don't want to be involved in teens. I love it. You guys are our future. If we don't invest in you, we might as well close the doors now. Teenagers, there's a lot out there. There's a lot of messed up stuff out there that you're going to see. Always remember, if you're a member of this church, what you've agreed to. Don't take it for granted, because I did when I was your age. I went out and done some stupid stuff that I will ever, forever regret. It takes one mistake. One time to change your life forever. Remember that. Every single one of us sitting here can probably say the exact same thing. We screwed up. But when you get to this covenant, you should be thinking about more than just self. You should be thinking about everybody else in here and how that is going to affect everyone. Right? Right. Amen. right. We sh- it should change the way we think. It's not just about you. It's about all of us in this church. Sorry, like I said, I know this isn't your, your typical message. But it's important. Mm-hmm. Like I said, commitment is something that it's, it's kind of disregarded today. That's why it's so important that we talk about it. Right?
Are you owning it? Are you owning your membership? Are you living up to the expectations? And we'll, we'll get more into this in the next coming weeks. Start reading into it, looking up Scripture, and diving in to what those mean. Striving for the advancement of this church in knowledge, holiness, and comfort. To promote its prosperity and spirituality. To sustain its worship, ordinances, discipline, and doctrines. To contribute cheerfully and regularly to the support of the ministry. The expenses of the church. The relief of the poor and the spread of the gospel through all nations. There's so many things in there. Maintain family devotions. You know, when I was a kid, a buddy of mine, his family had family devotions. And it was weird. And then when I read that, I'm like, I don't want that. Just pray together. Read together. You know, it's been so great the last little bit doing Bible study. Even the kids, after people leave, we'll talk about it and talk about Scripture. It's been awesome. I just regret that we didn't do more when they were little. I regret that. To religiously educate our children. Kind of like school. Yes, they're there to teach you. But things start at home. Don't you believe that? Like we've got some really good Sunday school teachers. Don't we? But it starts at home. It starts at home. Don't just rely on Tammy to teach your kids. Even though her and Patty and Sandy, they all do a great job. You should teach them. To seek the salvation of our kindreds and acquaintances. Well, that's a big one. Because that's what we're commanded to do. To go. We're commanded to go. It's a big one. How many of us have been doing that? Or how many of us are scared to say anything? It can be a scary thing, can it? Kind of Sarah said that this morning in Sunday school. It, it, can, it can be a scary thing. But again, going back to those first church, if they didn't follow God and what He told them to do, I'm not sure we'd be here. There's new generations coming. If the world keeps going on, if we want the message of God to keep going out, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, we need to step it up and stop playing church. Alright. I'll shut up. So this morning, I just want to ask, as we all stand, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, Call out. That still small voice is speaking. Don't run away from it. Don't run away from it. If you're here this morning and you are a church member, probably could be every single one of us coming up here to pray together. We've all neglected this. It's time to start doing it right. It's time to start doing it right. Let's actually be followers of Christ like it was intended to be. If you haven't been doing that, you need to repent and turn around. Do a 180. Go the other way. So we have one verse of a song. I'm just going to open the altar this morning for whatever need there is. Whether it's salvation, repentance, laying a burden down, whatever it is. Again, this is God's altar for all of that. 
as we have one verse of the song. Thank you. 